To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I love Disney. I love walking into the park and going through the tunnel and feeling the magic wash over me. You all know what I'm talking about. I love the smells, the sights, the sounds, and the overwhelming nostalgic feeling I get every time I'm there. I guess you could say I'm a proud Disney adult. Every week, I'll chat about ways to make your next Disney vacation the best it can be. I'll talk to Imagineers who have made dreams become reality. And I'll shed light on all of the ways the Disney company has risked it all to get to where they are today. I firmly believe that dreams do come true by working hard, never giving up, and of course, wishing upon a star. So let's sit down on a bench, look to our left at Walt's lamp in the window, and become proud Disney adults. Hello, and welcome to the show. I'm Olivia. I'm your proud Disney adult. This is technically episode two, but this is the first episode of the podcast of a legit topic, notes written down, research done. I am here and I'm ready to help you guys. This is, I believe, going to be one of many of this type of episode. (laughs) Did that even make sense? I want to do multiple episodes just about this. So I'm going to do the best I can within the time frame. But I definitely see a part two, part three, part 12 in the future. So on today's show, we're going to be talking about ways to save money in Disneyland. Now, I feel like I've heard podcasts about this before, but I also think it's like sometimes when people say the ways to save money, they're this very elusive thing, like, or or it's kind of the same stuff over and over again, like buying gift cards that you can use for the park, which all of those things are absolutely amazing and they actually work. That is the first tip. You know, you can buy gift cards with your Target card and you get a percentage off and you can start saving those cards and using them in the park. I feel like that is one of the oldest ways of doing things, which it's tried and true. But I actually want to talk to you today about things that I've recently done on my last two Disney vacations, not even Disney quick trips that I truly believe helped me save and helped us save a lot of money. Now, if you're somebody who's listening to this and you're like, I actually don't need to save money and I have saved up for this or, hey, I'm good. I mean, I think that's great. But one of the things with this list that I have written down is not only do I believe that it helps save money, but I also believe it brings a lot of ease to your day and also makes you just feel better physically and mentally. So not only are you going to save some money, but I feel like you also are going to have kind of a new perspective on a, on ways that you can do Disneyland. It does take planning and a little bit of sacrifice, but I really do think it's worth it. And I've practiced this a few times, so I hope this helps. But before we get into it, I want to start with Disneyland News of the Week. Of course, there are many things going on. It's really hard to keep up and keep track of everything. But some of the news that have has come on in, I hope this gets to you guys in time without it being old news. So let's just start with the biggest one, which is Magic Key Holders is out again. Now, I want to say... I am not as familiar with this specific thing because I have never had a magic key. I don't live in California and also I don't go enough as of right now to be able to have one. 
I know that it's like an annual pass. I know it's extremely worth it if you go a few times. That is one of the first things that I noticed when I was researching this is if you go more than three times in a year, I think it's worth it. Of course, there are blackout dates and there are a lot of things that can go with that. You can research all of that on the Disneyland website, but I think it's absolutely worth it. If I start going more than three times a year, I will most likely invest in one because not only are you not having to worry about buying the tickets, but you get a lot of other perks as well. So um, the it starts, so the first package starts at $4.99, um, but you have to live in California to get that one. And then there's four different packages. The biggest one is $15.99, but some of the things that you can get with it is you can get 20% off Genie Plus, discounted parking, unlimited photo pass, save up to 15% on dining and up to 20% on merch. And my favorite part that you guys get for almost $1,600 is a free magnet. So, you know, I- I'm assuming it's made out of uh, 24 karat gold and it will have a resale value of uh, $1 million. But, you know, jury is still out on that. I'm sorry, but when I saw that on the list, I kind of laughed to myself. I'm like, okay, you get a magnet. That's woohoo. Um, not that collecting magnets isn't fun, but come on. So I think the only thing that was kind of standing out to me is the fine print for all of this. When it says like discounted parking, does that mean it's like, you know, $28 instead of $30? Does that mean, you know, up to 15% off dining? Does that mean you get like $10 off? Like what is the fine print of all this? So I think if you are going into this wanting to get a magic key pass, don't really go into it for all of those perks because I just don't know exactly what those entail. But I will say from my perspective, I think it's absolutely worth it if you go multiple times in a year. Obviously, it depends on how many people are in your family, but they do have varying packages, which I think is really nice. Um, and if I lived in California and I could get the $4.99 package, you know, I, of course, there's going to be more blackout dates and all of that stuff. Um, but I feel like it is worth it mostly because of the hassle of everything and being able to reserve tickets ahead of time and all of that stuff. Plus, I mean, the last time I went, I mean, tickets are so expensive now. I mean, you guys know this if you're planning a Disneyland vacation, especially if you have kids. I mean, just for the two of us, I mean, you're looking at five to six hundred dollars for park hoppers uh, probably around I believe it was 230 for both of us so around five hundred dollars once all is said and done and you have genie plus and all of that but you know that doesn't include like uh parking and if you want to get a magic band and the extra uh cost of genie plus like the lightning lanes for the bigger rides obviously everything starts to add up so I do think it's worth it Um, The next bit of news is that magic bands are in full swing. They came out about a month ago, like I had mentioned in my first episode. They had come out actually the day I was there, which was October 26th. Still trying to figure those things out. I understand that magic bands work really well in Disney World, but I also feel like they have an environment that works really well with magic bands because they don't have the turnstiles to get into the park. They have the, am I going to say this every time that I don't know what they're called? The little pull things, this, like the sensor bars. Hang on. Okay. I successfully could not find the name of them. So we're just going to call them sensors. 
I feel like that makes the most sense, right? Or I don't know. <laughs> I should not be getting hung up on this detail though. Um, and from what I have noticed online on actual Disney's website, you can get the more fancy ones for around 50 bucks, which I'm like, oof. I mean, unless you're going all the time, 50 bucks. Um, I did see some on Amazon for 30 and I have seen some people talking about how they found some for around $10. Right now, I haven't seen that. Um, obviously, I think it's a little bit, I get a little bit weary of not buying things directly from Disney in case they didn't work, but I know that the Amazon ones work. So, I mean, you're looking at spending around 30 if you don't want to get them directly in the park which is a really huge tip on today's episode for trying to save money. It's not getting things within the Disney bubble because they will skyrocket those prices. Um, from what I can tell, the magic bands are going to be really awesome for lightning lanes. From what I noticed when I was there last time, the congestion that builds when your lightning lane um, is ready, like when the time is ready, there are just so many people because there's one person with all of the tickets on their phone and they're having to scroll through each ticket. And so when you get to the lightning lane, you think the line is super long and you're like, wait, what is this? I paid extra for this. But really, the line is not extra long. It's just that one person is having to scan people in. So if it's a party of five or six people, one person is having to scan everyone in as opposed to each person with their wristband on, their magic band, scanning it in quickly. So I am excited to see what that will do because if you are more native to Disney World slash over Disneyland, Disney World is much bigger. There's a lot more space to do things. When you're looking at Disneyland, a lot of things are compact. I mean, even getting into the park, there are the turnstiles. They have to take your photo that if, you know, you're starting off for that first day, they have to scan you and you have to go through. There's a lot longer process. So I think them coming in with these magic bands is going to be helpful. But I also think there's going to be a lot of kinks that need to be worked out and showing people that they are important to use. I know um, being on your phone all the time is kind of unfortunate. So being able to have your magic band to be able to scan in and scan lightning lanes. Um, from what I understand in Disney World, magic bands can be used for opening your room, which literally sounds like the best thing on the planet, not having to try to find your room key. And you can pay with it. From what I understand right now, and I could be wrong, but from my research, I do not think you can pay or use them for a room key yet in Disneyland, which I will see. I will say that Disney World is a bit more focused on that huge Disney bubble. People will stay in um, Disney hotels more. There's a lot more, um, I, I believe, like interactivity. There's a lot more things that you can use magic bands for in Disney World just because there's a lot more going on. But from what I understand on the Disneyland website, you will be able to use that for lightning lanes, for park admission, and they will be changing colors during shows like the World of Color. So I think there's going to be still some kinks worked out, but you know, I'm excited to see what happens and I'm excited to get one for the next time I go on my trip. Um, a couple of quick ones. So you guys know Tarzan's Treehouse, if you've been there or you've seen it, it's been under construction indefinitely, whatever that means, for a long time. They finally announced what it's going to be. When I was there, I was standing in line in Indiana Jones and I noticed there was construction going on and I was trying to like peek through the mesh, um, but they did release. It is going to be kind of an um, 
in Ode to Adventureland. It's going to be the Adventure Treehouse based off of Swiss Family Robinson. I have mixed feelings about this. Okay, I'm I'm a millennial, so I'm almost 30. So Swiss Family Robinson was the best movie of all time. I can always just remember that ostrich running through the sand. Um, but I also know, and I do believe that Walt wanted the park to be ever-changing and growing to f- to a fit and adapt to every environment and like kind of the new generations that are coming in. I don't think anybody... <laughs> is like younger is going to know what Swiss Family Robinson is. The kids that are coming in aren't going to know. So my mixed feeling is I totally think it fits. I mean, it's Adventureland, which I'm pretty sure it used to be Swiss Family Robinson anyway, Um, which I, I totally think it fits. It's in Adventureland. I mean, it used to be Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. So I don't know if people just don't watch Tarzan, which, by the way, best music ever, Phil Collins. There should be more Tarzan, more Aladdin, all of these. That's a different episode. Um, so I understand that it fits, but also, like, there's a blaring just elephant in the room that should be just in the corporate offices of these people deciding, which is Encanto. Are they going to put that somewhere else? I know there's rumors of, you know, there's blue sky ideas in Disney World about Encanto um, in the World Showcase, all this stuff. But like Disneyland doesn't have as much space. So I think Encanto definitely fits in that environment. It's kind of the only environment actually that it would fit in. It wouldn't fit anywhere else in Disneyland or DCA. Yeah, so I don't know. I think if they're going to remodel and take all of this time to make a new treehouse, it should be um, Encanto. And I think it's a good opportunity to do that. But I'm not an Imagineer yet. So we'll see. And then the last bit of news is Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is set to open early spring 2023. And I'm so excited. Once I heard this ride and I've done oh so many so much research and I've heard Imagineers talk about it. For those that have been on it in Disney World, I'm so jealous. I hear it's amazing. I can't believe there's no ride that has to do with Mickey Mouse in the parks. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but I'm very excited. And once I heard it was coming out in spring, I'm like, we got to go. To be honest, I am very excited for the Toontown remodel. I never really go back there. To be really honest, as an adult, it's kind of creepy. Now, listen, I'm not saying it's like, oh, a rundown theme park. They, of course, keep it nice and clean. But like, it was really time. It was very 90s. Kids are getting more smarter and not as impressed by things. So I'm excited to see the remodel. And I hope they do a lot of really cool things. And I'm excited to see the ride. It looks like they're getting it up really quickly. So that's it for the Disneyland news of the week. Okay, so ways to save money. Now, I feel, again, I feel like this episode could go on for forever. But here are some tips that I did on our trip in March of 2022 and our most recent trip in October. So in March, we went for three days. We got a three-day park hopper and I really wanted to do some things that were going to save us some money because it is a blow to the chest when you are getting a three-day park hopper and an Airbnb and you're driving and you're parking and you're getting food and it's just like, man, this is an expensive trip for three days. And I understand why some people are like, 
why would you spend that much money? We know why, you and me, of course, because of the magic. And it's 100% worth it. But if we can do some things to save money, that's the best. So the things that I did in March, I adapted again in October last month when we went. And I feel like last month was even better. So some of the core things that I think can save you money is staying at an Airbnb. Of course, if you can afford to stay in the Grand Californian and the Disneyland Hotel, like stay there, love it, enjoy it. I'm jealous. Okay. But for us, I really like an Airbnb because not only is there a kitchen, so I feel like you can prep food and do things much easier. There's just a lot more space. Um, The convenience of being in the park and being able to walk directly in isn't there, of course, but we're talking about ways to save money. And Disneyland Hotels, Grand Californian, it is very expensive and it's just not in the cards for I think most people unless this is like their once in a year vacay. But if you're going more often and you want to find ways to save money, I stay I say stay in an Airbnb. So, last time we stayed in at an Airbnb a little bit outside of the Disney bubble in Santa Clara. It was about a 15-minute drive. It was in a really great apartment area. Now, I will say I loved staying there, but driving the 15 minutes for some reason it made it it made it even harder to be able to get there when we wanted to early in the morning plus parking plus the tram ride so that was really hard for me and I feel like it kind of put a damper especially the last day on our third day park hopper because for some reason that day it was a random Wednesday in March it was so incredibly busy that by the time we left our Airbnb and then got to Toy Story parking and parked and got on the tram, it was like an hour and a half. And of course, when you're spending this much money on tickets, you're like, I could literally be on a ride right now getting my my lightning lanes, doing all of the things, but I can't because there's so many people parking. So with that, a little bit of you know, refining what that was is this last time I was like, okay, no, we're going to stay at an Airbnb six to 10 minutes, six, like so random, five to 10 minutes away from Disneyland. And I booked it kind of late. So that's hope for anybody who's listening. Who's like, how did you do that? Cause I know they sell out pretty quickly. This was very good deal. And I believe it was about a six to seven minute drive from Disneyland. I'm not going to tell you that this was the nicest apartment on the entire planet and it was themed like Disney. So again, if you can stay in one of the hotels, like by all means, it definitely puts you in the magic 24-7. But we were going for a one-day park hopper and I thought, I just don't really care how nice this place is. We're staying for one night. It was still a very safe environment and it was only a seven-minute drive. So what we did, this was revolutionary, guys. This literally changed the game for me. And if you're listening, I'm telling you to do this. And I saw other people doing this as well. And I could tell they were going to Disney. And I'm like, this is the best idea. It made the trip so good. So we stayed at this Airbnb, like seven minutes from Disney. And then we got an Uber. And we literally got to the park in six minutes. No joke. And we didn't have to park. So, um, duh, not having to pay $30 for parking. The Uber was $9 and we didn't even have to wait for the tram and do that whole thing. It was honestly amazing. From the time we left the Airbnb 
Ubered to the front of the park where they drop you off, got in the gate through security, through everything. I would say it was maybe tops 20 minutes. Like the longest part was the metal detector and looking through the bags and everything. So that was seriously revolutionary for me. It made me in such a good mood to begin with. I wasn't annoyed, which I get annoyed pretty easily, but it just made everything so seamless. So that is my number one tip. Get an Airbnb within your budget um, and then have it be close to the park so that close enough to where you're able to Uber and then the Uber is not outweighing the cost of parking and all of that. So I totally get it. The Uber for both ways ends up being 20 bucks. Parking is 30. But like I said at the beginning of the episode, this isn't just about saving money. It's about ease and um, about like peace of mind because that was a game changer. So you save money and you have peace of mind. It's a win-win. Okay, so my second piece of advice, this is huge, okay? You have to listen. And I know, I know you guys, okay? I know you're about to hear this and go, I'm freaking not doing that on my Disneyland trip, okay? But you just need to have an open mind and just let me talk it through and we'll get there together. So this is about food. We all know, doesn't matter what theme park you're at, doesn't matter. On a vacation, you spend the most money on food and you're most likely not accounting for it in your mind because you're just thinking of tickets and parking in Genie Plus. And then all of a sudden you're spending multiple hundreds, especially if you have a family, on food. And a lot of times the food isn't even the best food in the park. It's kind of just whatever food because everybody is hungry. And then on top of that, You don't feel the best because you're trying to save money. So you're getting food that maybe isn't, you know, it's like a little bit more like fast food-y, greasy, which I'm very sensitive to food. So I have to be careful. And then you're put in a bad mood because you just spent money. You ate crap. No offense, but there is crappy food in Disneyland. And then you're like, well, this is so dumb. I just spent $100 for my family to get something that isn't even good. So my biggest tip, and I do this in every part of my life, but this has changed my life. Eat breakfast at the Airbnb. It doesn't matter what time you're trying to leave. I got up, I got up at six o'clock or 6.30 when we were doing our one day park hopper and I just ate while I was getting ready. And the key to this too is eating breakfast that's going to give you a lot of protein. So whether that means you want to make a protein shake, I have some really good protein like oats that I make, whatever it is make it even if you're not hungry eat it (laughs) you gotta have fuel for your day eat it drink water get ready because you know when you are walking in disneyland you are walking one million steps i mean i think we walked like 30,000 or 40,000 steps when we were there so you're gonna need protein and you're gonna burn it off really quick and trust me I'm telling you this is better than going and standing in the starbucks line right when you get there and getting again, no offense, but gross Starbucks food to where you're not even full. There's no protein in it. Or you you miss that and you go, no, I want to go on rides. And then all of a sudden you're feeling sick and dizzy and tired, especially if it's hot out and it's just the worst thing ever. Okay. So eat breakfast, whether you're in a hotel or an Airbnb, even if it's something small. My second tip is packing snacks, but snacks that are actually going to fill you up. So whether that's like beef jerky or or which I don't eat beef jerky, but you know, hard boiled eggs. Um, I would even say like a protein bar, something that's going to tide you over if you're hungry. 
But the biggest tip, I keep saying this, but this is actually the biggest tip, okay? This is revolutionary. Again, just like the Uber. This changed the game for me. And like I mentioned before, I'm a little bit of a sensitive Sally when it comes to my stomach. And so if I eat something that I don't feel good, the whole day is ruined. And the last thing you want when you're spending $1.4 million on your one day Disney vacation is to feel sick. So when we went for our three day in March, I said, we're going to pack lunches. I know. I know you're listening and you go, you literally went to Disney and packed lunches, but just let me finish because I'm telling you it was so good. So we went to Target and we got little lunch boxes, little matching ones, which was cute. It was me and my boyfriend who went. And then we got these little plastic containers that you would get if you got like to go food, but the ones that have like the snap on lid, the rectangles. And we got enough for three days. And then we went grocery shopping before we left town. You can go before you leave or when you get to Anaheim. This time we went when we got to Anaheim, which honestly was a little bit better because we didn't have to deal with like the whole cooler situation. Either way, whatever is least stressful, get food before, okay? And we made sandwiches, but really good sandwiches the way that we wanted them. We made them the night before, but we waited till the morning to put avocado and condiments on them. And honestly, we made a sandwich that was so good. I truly believe it was better than lunch we could have gotten there because a lot of the lunchy food in Disney is going to be greasy, right? So we made sandwiches. I made hard boiled eggs, which had a lot of protein, veggies and fruit. And then here's the the next genius move, which it took us till day two to figure this out. We put little cooler packs in them, which shout out to Disney for letting you bring your own food. I still can't believe they let you do that because like they would make so much more money if they didn't let people do that. But it's so cool that they do. So we put little cooler packs in each of them, wrapped them in paper towels, put them in a little thing, put them in our lunchbox, right? Even brought LaCroix with us, sparkling water. It was the best. And then we freaking just put them in a locker. 10 bucks for a locker all day. So then we just brought our backpack and we put water bottles, a sweatshirt in there because it was cold, whatever. And then when we wanted lunch, we went to the lockers and get this. Let me just tell you something that made this the best. We went and sat by the castle. It was 75 degrees. We opened our packed lunch who cares what people think? And we sat there and we looked at the castle while we were eating. Not only did people walk by and we literally heard them say, oh man, we should have packed a lunch. I'm not joking. That happened like three times, but it was just so nice to take a break, have lunch we knew was going to make us feel good and know that we weren't paying at least $50 for the both of us to have something that wasn't going to fill us up as much. The locker was a huge game changer for us too. Coats, food, whatever, put it in there. The only thing I will tell you is a lot, a little bit more time for security because they do look through your food. But I'm just telling you guys that packing food is a serious game changer with Disneyland. I'm not going to speak on Disney World because that's a whole other beast. And I don't really think I would do that if I was there because there's just, you know, 150 restaurants or whatever. And you can do meal plans and all of that, which I hope will be an episode later down the line. But with Disneyland specifically, you can go grocery shopping 10 minutes from Disneyland. Like if you guys fly or drive in, however you're doing it, you say, hey, before we even get to our hotel, let's pop over to Trader Joe's or whatever, if they have that, whatever is down there, get some groceries 
bring a cooler put especially if you're airbnb you've got a huge refrigerator make food the night before it's a game changer and you save money and to finish that off what that allowed us to do was save money when it came to other things we wanted. So I knew I wanted a Dole Whip, if not 12 to 15 of them. And I knew that I wanted a corn dog because they have the best corn dogs. And I knew I wanted a Ronto wrap. Now, I didn't need the corn dog, but everyone else wanted them. But the two things I knew I wanted the most was a Dole Whip and a Ronto wrap. So you can allot for that money in your head. So when you're planning your Disney trip, what I would do is I would say, I'm going to allot for this many meals each day. So let's say you're going for three days and you go to save money. I'm going to eat breakfast at the hotel every day. I am going to pack lunches every day, but I want three good dinners and I want two good snacks every day. And maybe you don't even need snacks. Maybe you even want to plan more. I would say get one snack because like have fun, guys. Come on. It's like Disneyland, you know. But if you don't need snacks slash don't want them, pack those as well. Save money for a good dinner. I am telling you saving money for a good dinner is so worth it because all day you get to go. Not only do I feel good, I ate healthy today. I feel great. Not only did I save money, but I know that I can spend a little bit more on dinner tonight and it's going to be really fun. And that's what we did. We saved money to go to Lamplight Lounge and we got to watch World of Color. And yes, we spent a little bit more money than we would, but the food was great and we just really felt good about it because we were enjoying the experience by having a nicer dinner. So I think if you're sitting down and you're planning, maybe you want to allot for a breakfast. That's what we did on our three day. We did have breakfast. I would say it was okay. To be honest, I wasn't as full as I wanted to be. It was pretty expensive, to just be really honest. Um, We went to Carnation Cafe on our third day there, so it was our last day. And there was, again, pros and cons to that. One of them was we weren't able to get in line for rides like we wanted to. Um, We had to wait a little bit longer, and I really wasn't full from the portion that I got, and it was pretty expensive. I think it was um, maybe like 60 to 70 for both of us just to have breakfast, and that's a lot of money once you think about tip and everything else, especially to not be full. And, And don't get me wrong, guys. I'm not saying go and don't enjoy your trip. If you want to go and go out for every single meal, I think that's amazing and sounds like so much fun. But these are just tips for if you want to save money and feel better throughout your day. So if I did it again, I probably wouldn't do breakfast. I would probably just save for dinner. And that way you can get into the park, get going. Yeah, maybe you want to grab coffee at Starbucks. Um... But I would even say if you could allot for even a little bit more time before you get to the park to grab coffee outside of the bubble, um, bring it in, like go for it. I think that that will really help you. And again, that was a really huge game changer for me. So if you're planning your trip and you are like, let's say it's you and your significant other and you're like, I really want to eat breakfast at my Airbnb and we're going to pack lunches. It's going to be this much to buy groceries. Actually write it down. And then you can go on to the Disneyland app, which I love. So it's the, um, you just download it if you don't have it. It's just the Disneyland app. And you can go on right now and you can look up prices for everything. That's what I did before when I was planning the trip. So let's say you want a Ronto wrap, which I believe is like $13.99. And then you want a Dole Whip, which is, let's say, $4.99. Start setting that, that money aside into accounts or write everything down. That way, when you get there, if you can set aside, let's say, 
you know, $400, you know exactly what you're going to spend and you are not going into it blindly just being like, dang, I did not know I was going to spend that much money, which that did kind of happen the third, the day we were there for three days is you have this Disneyland app now and you just double click your side button and all of a sudden you're spending all this money and it doesn't even feel like you're spending money. So you really, really have to be careful. I have a lot more tips on my list. I really just didn't know that this would take this long, but I'm going to do a part two next week. So what you can look forward to next week that I want to talk about is souvenirs, Disney clothing, um, the extra cost for Genie Pluses, and some stuff you can do for your kids. So tune in next week for a part two on how to save money in Disneyland. And if these tips helped you at all, um, rate the podcast below and tell me why. Or you can follow me at the PDA podcast on Instagram and you can tag me in your stories and I would love to see it. If you pack lunches for your day, tag me in those lunches. I would love to see that too. Um, You can also DM me and let me know or ask me any more questions that you had about Ubers or Airbnbs. And I can even recommend you the one we stayed at. So many tips, you guys. But For now, I think I'm going to go because my voice is like, whoa, we need to calm down. But thank you so much for listening to the show. Like I just mentioned, you can follow me at the PDA podcast and you can also rate and review the podcast below and let me know how I made your trip a little bit more magical. And I will see you guys next Tuesday.